Welcome to episode 14 of Force Time. My name is Travis, and I am the president of the Ahsoka Tano fan club. And today I am here with... Kara, hello. Kara, (laughs) happy Star Wars Day. How are you doing? Oh, I am doing very well. It's been a crazy day, but a good crazy. Uh, How are you? Doing great. Today is May the 4th. It is Star Wars Day. Today's been crazy. We've had the end of the Clone Wars. We've had a new Mandalorian documentary. We've had Daisy Ridley making a funny video on Twitter. We've had oh, Ryan Johnson. I saw it. It's so cute. Yes, it's so good. Ryan Johnson posting some behind the scenes photos. We have a new director and writer announcement for a movie. All sorts of good stuff. And we wanted to talk about all of it. So we're going to get into that in a second. But Kara, how have you been celebrating Star Wars Day? How have I been celebrating? Well, I've been mailing the zine. So I I usually mail the zine on the first Monday of every month. I have a fanzine if anyone listening doesn't know that. And so I usually mail the zine the first Monday of every month regardless. So uh yeah so it's been kind of a nice way to celebrate i sent out like 80 of them today i'm sending out another like 20 tomorrow and um yeah so that's been really fun and i also opened my commissions for collage art today and i had a really amazing response to that so i'm gonna be able to start working on those soon and yeah so basically i celebrated by doing a little work but it's all like fun work. I don't really consider it work. I consider it the best. So, so yeah, that was basically it. And of course I watched all the stuff first thing in the morning and wow. Yes. What about you? (laughs) I have been celebrating in a couple different ways. So I watched the Clone Wars first thing this morning. Then I went right into the Mandalorian a documentary. And then I went right back to the Clone Wars. And then I had to work all day. But in the meantime, I had been also uh, creating some TikToks of Star, I knew you were War- say TikToks. <laughs> Star Wars characters with 90s sitcom theme songs and that is what stage of quarantine has hit at the bryant household here that is what i've been up to it has uh, been something to keep us busy while we are uh, self-isolating and just hanging out at home so you could say it's uh it's getting pretty serious around here we are <laughs> having having a lot of fun with those but no we've we've had a good day uh we actually a little while ago put on rebels and while we were like eating supper and everything. And my daughter was super into it, hooked to the TV. And we haven't watched it since it came out. And like we did, we watched all of them when they came out, but yeah, we got back into that. And it's like, right when you get back into that, it's, it's just a whole world. It's like episode two, we get 
a bunch of Wookiees and Bail Organa and like C-3PO and R2 and they look like the Ralph McQuarrie painting and it's just so good. So I'm like, oh, I got to start oh, watching Rebels. Yeah, I was in that. I was feeling that this morning as well. It was like with Clone Wars and everything, it was like, oh, I want to watch Rebels right now, like immediately. So I think that's definitely a natural progression for sure. Yes, no, for sure. I'm going to have to get back into that because I, yeah, the end of the Clone Wars, it just, it it's satisfying, but and we'll talk about it later, but you also it like leaves you wanting more, especially how mm-hmm. Rebels left off as well. But yeah, we'll, we'll get to the, uh, to that. We've also, so the last six weeks, we've also been hanging out on Saturday nights on Facebook with yes. the super chill group, the blast point, super chill group. And we just finished. Oh my God, up- has it really been six weeks? Yeah. I looked at it earlier. We've done return of the Jedi rogue one, a new hope, mm-hmm. the phantom menace. And You're then right. two weeks of the Mandalorian. We did the first half of the Mandalorian last week. And then this last Saturday, the last half of the Mandalorian. So yeah, wow. six weeks It is flying by right now, mm-hmm. but let's go ahead and get right into it. Clone Wars scale of one to 10, this final arc that we just finished up. What are you giving it for a rating? Oh, I mean, it's a solid 10, I think. Cause it's, I, ugh, I yeah, I mean, it's like hard to even formulate thoughts on it still. I still have to watch all four in a row. I think that will help with my formulation of thoughts, but yeah, quality wise. And it was just, it was absolutely beautiful. It was like, it was really art, you know, like, and I don't mean art like animation. I mean, art, like a piece of art, you know? Yeah. The last four. And I think it's, probably obvious that it's a movie and that they're probably going to condense that into a movie at some point. Cause it kind of just yeah. flowed like a movie. It didn't give you the normal arc where there's like little gaps in between. Uh, but I imagine that they'll probably do that at some point, but it, I mean, oh, I, oh, yeah. it, it looks like a movie and that they could have released it on screen and just like the possibilities that it opens up for what that could mean for the future of star Wars. And obviously mm-hmm. we're having, you know, more feature films, uh, live action films coming out, but to think what they could do animation wise and what they're going to do next is just the music and the animation and just everything was, was just so well done. And then it, just- was, it was really incredible. And I think also like the way that it cut, that it tied in with revenge of the Sith was so, was so well done because it wasn't, it wasn't like, it didn't feel gratuitous. It didn't feel like, like it was forced. It just felt, it felt like we were just seeing, which we were, but just like seeing another side of this story that we already know, but they were still able to make it suspenseful. Kind of like the way Rogue One, like we knew how Rogue One ended obviously, but it was still like really suspenseful and exciting. It was, it reminded me of that a lot, but yeah, just really so cool. I can't wait to watch it again. I can't wait to watch all four in a row. Yeah, it really, I think, shows a lot of of promise. I think it's a game changer. I said that about Mandalorian too, but I think that this is definitely like a game changer for what they could do next. No, for sure. And you're right about it. Not like Revenge of the Sith didn't overtake it at all. Like it played together so well. And just thinking of Obi-Wan having a conversation with Ahsoka right in the middle of Revenge of the Sith. So now when you go back and watch Revenge of the Sith, it's just like, you know what's going on on the opposite side. And we didn't get any Anakin after Ahsoka said goodbye to him, which makes total sense because when they meet up in, or when she's talking about him in Rebels and it's, you know, haven't haven't seen him since he ran off to save the Chancellor. 
And that was the last time. And so it's just like, you'd hope that they'd have another conversation, like selfishly for us, we wanted to see that. But in hmm. universe, it, it makes sense that they didn't do that. And it just makes it that much more heartbreaking. For real. And I liked that, that they didn't really show Obi-Wan and Anakin besides after that first, you know, like in this, in this arc anyway, because it, it somehow helps it blend into Revenge of the Sith even better. You know, it was just, yeah, really, really special. I think that's another way to describe it. You know, you're right. You knew it was coming. You didn't know how it was going to happen, but the way they did it was just, it, it ripped your heart out and just like stomped mm. on it because you, yeah. get, you get Rex turning on Ahsoka and he's like trying so hard to fight it. And you see the tear come down his eye and he's like shaking. And then he says, you know, something about fives, fives, you got to get with fives or whatever. And mm-hmm. so she gives him like subconsciously gives her that clue. And just that whole scene with the music is just like, oh, like, oh, my God. It was amazing. Yeah. Seeing seeing the way that he fought against the chip was was so soul stirring it was just like and i i think i said to you i was saying to everybody that day when that episode came out just like oh is rex like the true hero of all of star wars (laughs) which i think is like worth it to be examined like because that just the way that they kind of tied up this part of his life and his story was like wow 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 yeah so complex and so layered and yeah yeah, it makes it makes me so happy that I mean, obviously, I was happy that it came back. But prior to season seven, I wasn't I wasn't in love with Rex by any means. You know, I was like, mm. oh, he's a character, but I didn't really consider him, you know, a main character. And looking back, obviously, I should have because he's he is a main character of the show. But just like seeing his arc from the Bad Batch at the beginning of the season and then yeah. in the Siege of Mandalore and like, you know, the first couple of episodes of this arc he was just kind of there and like ahsoka was just like hey go do this go do that and then it got super real with him and it was just like Mm -hmm. oh you just you feel for him so bad and yeah you're like he's just really complex character and just to have that like it's just a a gift to have that relationship there for sure and that the clip that was in i don't i don't think it was in this last episode it was the one before but the clip that was in the preview where he was saying that the clones have I have really mixed feelings about the war because without it, they wouldn't exist. Like that just wraps up everything about the clones that I've been like so obsessed with. Like just the concept of the clones as a whole is so intriguing to me. And like, it's something I really want to dig like deeper into and like probably make a zine about them someday just so I can like really deep dive. Cause that's like, it's just so, so fascinating and it's heartbreaking. Just, just the worst, but it's so like cool to think about and story wise, it's crazy. It is. And, and Rex also has the comment to Ahsoka where she's like, you know, I don't want to be the one to kill them. Like, I don't want to hurt them. And he's like, you know, I I know it doesn't matter to you, but, but they don't care. You know, they wouldn't care that they would get killed. It's just like, they're, you know, they're so human, but at the same time, they're like programmed and they were, they're, they're there for a specific reason. And they, know that you know growing up like they're just like Mm -hmm. brainwashed and and it's just and that's like one of the things I think also that I I not that I struggle with but that like is something that I spend a lot of time like thinking about especially like especially in the sequel trilogy is like the way throughout all of Star Wars that they so easily um kill stormtroopers uh because I believe you know I obviously know at the beginning they were kind of just a device in like the original trilogy. But then as like the story went on and then with the 
when we learned about the clones and then obviously with Finn in the sequels, it's like, that's always really tough for me, especially in the sequels, just like how easily that they like mow down the stormtroopers just because like we know more about them now. So that's another thing I think I want to dig into someday because yeah, that's, that's always been really weird. And, and the, I relate the clones to that too. You know, it's the same thing or it's like, they're kind of just a, a, plot device like a you know but it's also like we know that they're more than that and that's I think one of the secrets of what makes Clone Wars so great as a show in general was that it gave us that look into that and made us emotionally connect with a million clones you know yeah <laughs> for sure. that we don't know their names we were we felt connected to them you know so right yeah. I'm really excited to go back and like start my Clone Wars rewatch over and look at it through this perspective now. Cause I think it was just one of the yeah. things I think, you know, I was so accustomed to taking them for granted as clones. Cause you're right. Like in the, they're just there, they get shot. It's funny. Cause they can't shoot anything, whatever. But now like after this, it's like, Oh, you start to even think about that even deeper. And so, yeah, I'm excited to go back. And then, yeah, you're right. with like the sequel trilogy with the whole like child soldier thing, like that's not, that's not dug into like at all. And it's, you know, you get Finn, you know, that he was there as a child, you see his little picture on there and everything. And so you like feel that for him, but then, yeah, you can start looking at all the other ones. It's like, damn, they're just, they're just there. And like how tragic on top of everything else that's happening in the galaxy, like, is that it's, it's just crazy. Totally. And I don't know if I like blame them for not going that deep into that just because it would have taken a lot of yeah. time away from the other things we were looking at, but it's just something that I find that I grapple with every time I watch. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. It's yeah, that would have been a lot. And I know that especially going into episode nine, like a lot of people really wanted that stormtrooper rebellion, but yeah, to fit that into one movie, you know, you'd really have to focus on that a lot more. We got a taste of that with Jana and everybody, but uh, yeah, that's, it's just a lot, but uh, on to other other things that aren't yes, anyway. <laughs> um, but sticking with the Clone Wars, what uh, do you have any other favorite parts of that arc, or the, or just this last season in general? I really, I really did enjoy the Bad Batch. I I will admit that I didn't watch the uh, early animations for Bad Batch or anything like that. Not for any reason. It's just like it just never came up, and I I never really got caught up on Clone Wars in time to kind of like work to see that ahead of time. But so seeing it in this final form, I really, really enjoyed. I love anything Ahsoka, just seeing her in general is so fun. I think she's another character that is just so fun to learn more about. I really want to read the book, the young adult book that's about her. I haven't read that yet. Um, So that was fun to see more of her. And I think like that all just set up, like you said, with Rex, with the Bad Batch and then with Ahsoka, with her walkabout that all like really sat set up, this finale in such a in such a good way it was like such a amazing like wind up to this insanity that these four episodes were you know it's like uh i feel like we felt kind of like calm and then they just came in and like <laughs> sucker punched us but i did really like the bad batch the dynamic between uh all of them i love tech i'm i'm obsessed with tech um i think he's so cool yeah, so there were a lot of like little details like that that I loved. And then this whole last four episodes, I honestly feel like I consider it one big piece. And it was mm-hmm. just, yeah, really incredible. Music, details, 
the lines and the uh, just everything. It was yeah. Yes, and, and Maul. Wow! Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Do did you? Well, how did you feel about Maul before these last four episodes? Like, were you a Maul fan? Did you did you care that I much about like, him? Or yeah, I don't feel like I had any like super concrete feelings. I loved seeing him in solo. I thought that was super fun. It was insane, but it was fun. And I feel like I've now, you know, I'm, I will admit that I'm, I'm still kind of PC with rebels. I haven't watched the in, entire thing all the way through. So I'm, so I'm like, I, I did see his scene with Obi-Wan. That's what was freshest in my mind because I watched that when I worked on my zine issue for Obi-Wan and that scene just like knocked me out. That was so so that was thinking of that mall and then seeing this was very interesting. And then I, I also listened to the Sky Talkers episode that they recently did yeah. um, with Pohat Dameron. That was really cool digging into his story that way. And yeah, they really the that episode was it the the second episode of the arc that had like the most mall. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, that was that was some special stuff. Sam Witwer was doing some like serious work in that episode. Yeah. Like, wow, he was. It was just it was so good. And I, I it was another thing, kind of like Rex. Like I liked Maul. He wasn't like my favorite or anything. And I didn't. I mean, I didn't. I never felt bad for him coming into this arc. But then you get to this one, and you just feel terrible for him because all he wanted you know, was to be like accepted and he wanted to be the apprentice. And, you know, he looked up to Darth Sidious basically in the Clone Wars and, you know, it was just like heartbreaking. And then he's sitting there trying to get help and trying to let Ahsoka know what is really happening. And she, why would she believe him? You know, she has no reason to believe him. He hasn't done anything that would lead her to believe him, but he's just sitting there in the throne room, just like, throwing these truths at her and she's just like no like i know anakin like no 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 and then you get to the end of that episode when they capture him and he's just like let me die let me die and it's like man he probably wishes that after at the end of the phantom menace that that was it for him because from there on it was just tragedy <laughs> tragedy yeah it's just so bad and like i in my head even after rebels like in my head, I still think that somehow, like the tragic, the real tragedy of Darth Maul is that he can't die. That's that's in my head. So, Ooh. well, they brought him back once, so who knows what's going to happen next? But that I don't know. Okay. It's, yeah, I have. Well, at I, that point, he's like um, he's older at that point too, right? I don't know. How old do Zabrax? Zabrax? I don't know if I'm saying that right. How old do they live though? I don't know. They got all that like night sister magic and everything like that. So, so who knows? But yeah. And then I, the other thing about the other thing about Darth Maul is that I mean, this is going backwards, but I forgot to say this before. But in my one of my favorite moments in all of Star Wars is in Phantom Menace when in that duel with Qui Gon and Obi Wan and Darth Maul when the the laser shield walls the force field whatever they separates them and the way that he paces but Qui-Gon like kneels in meditation. I think about that all the time. So I just forgot to say that, but that's like one of my favorite it's so things good. in all of Star Wars. And yeah. and he's pacing back and forth. And then he like uses his lightsaber to like hit it, like to tap it, the force field mm -hmm. or whatever. And he's just like pacing back and forth like a lion, like just so Incredible. cool. 
that whole fight. Yeah. And also when they announced last year at Celebration that they were doing the motion capture for Darth Maul and Ahsoka, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like, I can't wait to see that. And then you see it on screen. You're like, just blown away. It was insane. I wish it's it's like, why weren't they doing this before? You know, it's like obviously know, right? the technology, you know, hadn't caught up to it. And now it's there. But it's like, that's that's another game changer. Where it's like fights, you know, or anything. They can start doing mocap for animation. Yeah. And you can totally tell that it was that it was Ray Park. And to have mm-hmm. that special touch, like that he could still be involved, like, and he's, you know, originated the character all those years ago. Uh, that was, that just made it like another thing that just made it even more special. And like, yeah, those behind the scenes clips that came out this past week, I guess, where it was showing the, it was showing them filming it and it was showing like Sam, Whit we're watching it. It was like, Oh, it was so cool. It is. And you know how special that is for those people too, like involved. It's like, after the Phantom Menace, he probably thought, well, that's it. And then he's just had all these opportunities. Ray Park has to keep being Darth Maul. And it's 2020. And that movie came out in 1999, you know? So it's like, it just, just so cool. But yeah, that whole fight. And then um, I believe her name is Lauren Mary Kim who did Ahsoka and she was incredible. And she was the armor as well in the Mandalorian. And she just, she killed it. It was, it was so fun. Like I could watch that. I think it was only a few minutes that fight, but it felt like it was a lot longer. It was just so good. For sure. Yeah. She was amazing. And also cause we just rewatched the Mandalorian. I'm sure we're going to move into Mandalorian shortly, but we just rewatched episodes uh, four through eight on Saturday with our Facebook group and seeing her in that fight again in the last episode with the armor. And then, connecting that with her mocap and clone wars that was like so cool she's awesome she is i started following her in on instagram i hadn't yet but nice. yeah, she just seems like the coolest person too and she's just is just as excited as us to see that come to life on screen so that was a lot of fun for real uh another thing that i just wanted to touch on real quick from the clone wars was the droids from this last yeah. episode <laughs> We had Cheap, we had Gigi, and I cannot remember the third one, but how... Was it, R- was it R7? R7, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yep. Duh. Yeah, that was the first one she talked to. But yes, oh my gosh, they were so cool. And then at the end, they're just like blasted away. It's just like, they already are stepping on our hearts with all this stuff that's happening with the clone and this entire Star Destroyer goes down with all the clones. And then you're going to show them also getting like taken out. But in the last shot... I think it was, I can't remember which one it was. I think it might've been R7, but you kind of see him back there still standing up behind Rex a little bit. So it's like, well, maybe there's something there. or Maybe they modified him. And I saw uh, earlier, someone was saying that they saw cheap after that too. And that maybe oh, cheap really? got modified into chopper or something like that. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about droids or or cheap or anything, but I thought that was kind of a cool theory to see what that was. It was and the whole element of them working with Ahsoka and Rex was like, it was just like the smallest bit of like lightness. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we really needed that because those four episodes were like so heavy, but I feel like it would have been totally weird to have something like outwardly, comedic so it was like the perfect touch of just like a little bit of goofiness but like very little and it was still like an effective like device to move the plot along and yeah it was it was so it was really nice it was good i got i got like a little teary when they rallied around ahsoka because like she had nobody else at that point you know she let maul go 
but she didn't, she just wanted him to do, you know, make a diversion or whatever. And then literally like, she's alone at that point. And those droids just like came up, helped her save the day pretty much for her. And yeah, it was just, it was just so good. It was great. And then I guess I, there is one more thing. The last shot of the Clone Wars. Any thoughts on the last shot? So we have the Star Destroyer goes down. And then for like the last five minutes of the episode, there's no words spoken. And it's just like this sad, sad music. And we have Rex there. And then we have Ahsoka's just standing there in front of all the helmets. And they're all painted, you know, with her uh, symbol on it. Mm -hmm. And they've obviously like taken these clones out put them there, put the little stick up with the helmets on. She's staring at all of them. And Rex is kind of to the back. And then it pans over to Jesse's helmet who like Jesse was one of the clones throughout the clone wars. That was pretty prevalent among them. Mm. And, and he was one that, you know, they had one of the final moments with, and then it gives us a time jump. So we don't know when, but then it, you hear Darth Vader breathing. He comes mm. up, finds the lightsaber, just, like how perfect was that to wrap up the Clone Wars? It was so, it was a great, it was, yeah, it was a great choice. I think I, I didn't know if they would put Vader in there. I kind of thought maybe, but I think it was, it was perfect. Like, especially the, the no dialogue was a really interesting choice. I always like notice that in movies and TV when they choose silence like makes me think of i mean we can't be more unrelated but the end of call me by your name how he's uh on the uh, just watching the fire and there's just total silence or it makes me think of again total opposite of that in uh the t-rex attack in jurassic park there's no music um which i didn't notice that until like a year or two ago that for that entire sequence there's no music and like the choice of not having music in that scene like go back and rewatch it if you've never noticed there's no music for like three minutes i I clocked it once because it was like so unbelievable to me but because you don't really notice it but it makes such a huge difference anyway so yeah so i think the usage of of silence was so pointed in such an interesting way and it was like so we were kind of having to fill in that narrative ourselves in a way which i think was was really really cool and yeah the the Vader and the reflection in the helmet with him and the set. Oh, loved it. Loved it a lot. It's that whole moment was just like a, holy crap. Like how did we get to here? You know, for Ahsoka and Rex, it's like, like there's nothing to say, you know, it's like after what we saw of them from the Clone Wars movie up until now and their journey, it's just like, how did things get like this you know like how did how did we allow this to happen you know what they're thinking it's just it's just crazy and yeah the fact that they had vader like i thought i thought we actually might get a little bit more like before this arc started just because the clone wars was about ahsoka and rex but anakin and obi-wan are like the other major characters in the series. So I was like, we have to kind of wrap up their story too. And I felt like we got that a little bit, you know, with Obi-Wan having those conversations with Ahsoka and then, you know, at the end, just tying it all together with Vader and like, who knows how far in the future that is, because to me, it looked, I mean, it probably looked like this to a lot of Star Wars fans, but it looked like Hoth and from, yeah, yeah, it was snowing and there was snow on the ground and, it 
like when it showed the planet when they were going down, it didn't look like Hoth, but when they went down, it was the weather was different. And then we get there, so it's like I think they said when it while the when, after they came out of hyperspace and the star destroyer was half gone, they said it that we're being pulled into the gravitational pull of that moon. They called it a moon. Gotcha. So maybe it was, but probably, I think it's got to be something, right? Yeah. It, yeah, because I mean the the probe droids were there, and it mm-hmm. felt like it felt like it was at the point where Vader's looking for Luke, you know, in between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, and it's like, did that Star Destroyer crash like change something? You know how like the asteroid changed the Earth and everything like that. It's like, did something like that happen where it wasn't Hoth or it wasn't an ice planet at first? But then I don't know. I'm just. It, I mean, yeah, there was a know. lot, there was a lot there with like the, the stormtroopers that were clearly from that time period, you know, of the original trilogy. And then the like snow troopers with the longer type helmet, like right. from off, it just, the similarities were just so strong. So it's like, was it at that point? And that's part of Vader's, like the beginning, you know, of him being redeemed, you know, because that's when he finds out about Luke. Mm-hmm. Even there right after Hoth. So it's like, did this play into it too? And how far could they take that too? So a lot that's to think an, about. That's an interesting concept. Yeah. It's, I haven't, I don't know. I haven't thought about it too much, but it, it like hit me when I saw that. It's like, eh, I'm sure people think that this looks like Hoth, but could it actually be? I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. I, I do feel like it was, it was pointed enough that they said, cause you know, it's like, when they call something out, yeah. that's when we're always like, well, why did they say that? Like, why did they specify that? So for them to say into that moon, mm-hmm. yeah. I, it just felt like, why would they say that if not? True. Nothing's an accident in Star Wars. They're especially like, oh, yeah, Dave Filoni, like he knows how to do like these little things and connect the dots mm-hmm. so well. But yeah, that's that's Clone Wars. So that's just part of... <laughs> That's just part of Star Wars Day. Next on the list is the new documentary, The Disney Gallery, I think is what it's called, about the Mandalorian. So did you watch that after the Clone Wars today? Did. I watched I watched Clone Wars like still in bed, didn't even get up, just watched it right away because I was like, I just need to get this over with because it's yeah. going to be painful. But then I went downstairs to make coffee and watched the Mando show. And I, oof, I was, I really love behind the scenes stuff. I always have, since I was a kid, I, like not just of Star Wars, but just in general, like I've loved, I've always loved the show inside the actor's studio, which is like, just like boring, like people talking about, but I love, I love, 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 love that stuff. So this, this series is like a dream, like the whole time I was watching it, I was like, okay, but where's the unedited roundtable three hour discussion? Cause I want it. Like I could watch this for 12 hours. Like I love it. I'm so excited that there's eight episodes that I know this one was like 30 ish minutes and like, God, I hope they get longer. I want to see all of it. It, it. Yeah. Really, 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 really cool. It was so cool. It was, and this, the first episode was called directors. And so mm-hmm. They focused on the five directors that they had for this series. So I'm, I'm assuming that like there will be an episode on the actors and then there will be one on, there is one on the actors because I saw them and in, in, in a, the preview, there was a picture of them around the table. So there's probably 
an actor's episode. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. And then I'm sure there's a puppetry episode on baby Yoda. And cause that's, I mean, to be honest, that's what the world wants more than anything is just to see more baby. Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is what I want. I do. I would like to see, I would like to see the baby. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it was cool. It, they, that's something I loved so much about the Mandalorian. And even when they announced it, that they were going to have so many different directors. And I think just watching this like showed how diverse their voices really were because like the way that they all got into film and their backgrounds and their previous jobs and like what they've done and, it's amazing that they made eight episodes with these five different directors. And like, it was just amazing how they put it all together. So cool. Yeah. You're right to see all their different voices kind of spelled out like that. And also to hear from each of them personally and to kind of hear them talk about each other. I really liked too. It was so cool. And it's, it's so cool that we like just watched the series with our Facebook group because it was like really fresh in my mind. And like, so that was really, really awesome too. Yeah. And just the, I mean, I know we probably have barely even touched on it in the series and they'll probably get really into it, but the, the technology is absolutely crazy. The, the room, the, the room with the video walls, I'm butchering yeah. that, but whatever it is, like what is happening? I can't wait to see more of that. But anyway, yes, the directors, it was so cool to hear from each of them and to see each of them kind of like talk about their experience with working on the show. Really, really really cool yeah and it started out with dave filoni and it it really focused on him for a while and like i just i felt proud of him if that makes sense like you're just like oh it's so cool like his story that like he started an anime and like on a couple shows and and just his his story about being hired by George Lucas and and on the phone call, he thought that it was someone from Nickelodeon messing with him. And that, I, like, I love it. Like that if they said Lucas film animation was calling him and he was yeah. like, that's not a thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, who is this? Like Sean, is this Sean from SpongeBob or whatever it was? <laughs> it was just so good. It, and, uh, but yeah. And just how he, you know, he met with George and then immediately, you know, George like knew that that's the guy that he wanted. And like, obviously he made the right choice and just seeing him, you know, be in live action. And you can tell that that's something that he'd been wanting to do and him getting that opportunity and just killing it. And just there, they all talk about Dave just being like the guy, you know, he feels like he holds it all together with, you know, knowing everything about star Wars canon and just like knowing George probably better than anybody else working today, Mm -hmm. you know, that on, on any of this star Wars stuff. So it was just, it was awesome to see Dave, you know, getting that like five to 10 minutes of his time. It was. And it was also like, I don't know, I for some reason, I don't know if it was because like after just watching Clone Wars or what, but seeing those, uh, that little bit of footage of George on the set was like, ooh, that really moved me. I don't know. It was, it was just it, cool to see him there. Because I feel like, I mean, we all know like George is probably like, yeah, it's pretty good. But like, I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like in his heart he was probably like, This is pretty this is cool, you know? Yeah. yeah like you was, can't I can't imagine like seeing all the crazy stuff they were doing and not being kind of like that's eh, I'm I'm pretty psyched about that, you know? I mean it's yeah, for we sure. Assume, 
It was such a great shot. It was Favreau, Filoni, and then George Lucas, like all in the director's chairs, like right by each other. And I think it was on episode, the first episode. And it was just, just to see him there and seeing that he's still involved is, you know, on a very small scale, but still is just, it's awesome to see. Yeah. Just that like, you know, he still, he still comes and hangs out. I like to believe that he comes and hangs out at least once per production. Yeah. Yeah. Swings by and blows everyone's mind and then leaves, you know. Right, comes by, has a couple uh, Cokes and wears his sneakers and goes about his day. And it's like, yeah, no, it's pretty cool. <laughs> so we get Filoni and then uh, Deborah Chow, who directed a couple episodes. And she hers were amazing. And seeing her story, too, and just like she gets down to business, like she has a game plan, you know, she's sticking with it. And you could tell, like, all the actors just really respected that, that she knew what she was doing. She came in and like owned it right away. And I don't know. I just, I love her now. I already did after seeing those episodes, but it's just like, I, I love Deborah Chow. Yeah. I'm really inspired by her creatively. And I'm obviously so excited that she's attached to the Kenobi thing whenever that decides to exist. And I'm, I'm just like so excited that she's even however involved she will be. It's, it's really, really exciting because those two episodes were really magical. And it's true. Like, I mean, this is like kind of off topic, but like I have a little bit of directing experience. I've directed a lot of theater, not even close to the same thing. I'm yelling that it's not even close to the same (laughs) thing. But I know that like it's all about making the people that are working for you in that time, like in that time that you're making this thing happen to make everyone feel like you really know what's up and you really know what you're looking for. That's like. I think a really huge thing of directing. And that's something that I found like super, super, super inspiring. It was cool to see her. And then it was cool to see the actors talking about it and just, yeah, her episodes after seeing that first one that she did, it was just like, okay, like this is who's going to be on the Kenobi thing. Like, yeah, that's it's in safe hands now. And then we have Rick Famu Iwa and he came in and he was another one where like, he had a lot of really cool experience and he just, he seemed super laid back and just like, I think he had the episode with that. There were no faces, human faces that you kind of have talked about before. And he said that, you know, once he got done with that one and then once he got to episode six, which was more like the heist one where they uh, break the Twi'lek out of prison, that mm-hmm. he was just happy to see human faces again. And I thought that was cool. And I thought you'd like that too. Cause I know you kind of brought that up last time. Yeah, that was so funny. Like that was really funny. And I love that. John Favreau said that when they told Disney about the heist episode, Disney was kind of like, that's weird. (laughs) That was so funny. But yeah, this is again, kind of off topic, but sort of related. I've been working on my issue for empire strikes back and I was reading a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And a lot of the stuff said how Mark Hamill would get really frustrated during the Dagobah stuff, or he like felt really frustrated because he was the only human. And I had never really thought, I had never really thought of it that way. Like, because everybody else was either like puppeteering or doing like R2 or whatever. And so like, and then when I rewatched the movie for the 7 billionth time, watching it with that in mind, it's like, man, he is so good in those scenes. Like Mark Hamill kills it in the Dagobah stuff. So, I encourage rewatching that. But yeah, so that's like another thing where it's like not many human faces. And yeah, so that's a really uh that's a really special directing skill. He that whole episode is like it's obviously totally incredible, 
Um, so it was cool to hear him talk about that and then to also compare that to the heist, which was uh, very unique also in its way. They were both kind of like mini films. I mean, every episode was, but you know, like genre. Yeah. And I think it's funny that Disney thought the heist one was weird and like the prison breakout one was weird, but not the one with no human faces. Like the the one where the objective is that he, he gets hit, you know, his ship gets scavenged by these Jawas and he has to go find this giant egg so they can slice it open and eat. And they didn't think that was weird, <laughs> but they thought <laughs> that the heist one was weird. So I thought, yeah, that was really funny, but yeah, the amount of skill and you're right with, with the empire strikes back, there's been a lot of interviews uh, with like George and, and Frank Oz about how Mark Hamill really like, sold that scene. And that whole movie like really hinged on Yoda. And it, you know, if Yoda didn't work, it could have been really bad. Like that could have been a really bad movie, but because it, it just could have made no sense at all. You know, with, if it was just a puppet that you could tell was a puppet, but the way that Mark Hamill acted off of Frank Oz doing that was just amazing. So yeah, the fact that he could direct an entire episode with basically all of these creatures is just really impressive. So I thought, yeah, that was good. Yeah. So many. Oh yeah. Big time. No. And, and that's another thing too, with the next director, which was Bryce Dallas Howard. And they talked a lot. She had the Sorgan episode and they talked a lot about how that was going to be a really difficult episode to direct. And they just like, didn't tell her that it was going to be that difficult. And they were just like, here you go. Yeah, because she like didn't know any better is what they kind of made it sound like. And so she just like went in and and knocked it out of the park. Yeah. And that's another thing. It's like that episode, I feel like is so it's so multifaceted. Like there's those two, like the action element. But then it's also like probably the the most emotionally complex episode, arguably, you know, where it's like Mando's character, I feel like in that episode is is elevated so much and is much further developed emotionally. And you feel so much more connected to him, this again, faceless person, but then also at the same time, there's this crazy action element to it. Like from the fight with him and Cara Dune at the beginning to obviously all the stuff with the attack on the town. And then the, the obviously the ending sequence too, it was, that's really uh, admirable for her with, probably the least experience of the group to have to take on that episode. I I imagine that was probably really intimidating, but she, she really nailed it. And it sounds like uh, the actors felt super comfortable in her hands, you know? Yeah, for sure. She definitely connected with them really well. And just you talking about that right now, there's the scene in that episode where Omera goes to take off the Mandalorian's helmet. And it was just like in the Clone Wars today where Ahsoka takes off Rex's helmet. Obviously she gets, she gets his helmet off and he's crying. It's just like, Oh God. But it's like, is that what was happening in the Mandalorian? Like, was he, you know, like he knew at that point, like what was going to happen and you know, what the future held for him. And maybe he was crying like that too. Like, ugh. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think he was definitely reckoning with some part of himself and like maybe what he wishes that his life could be like, but also he's so committed to the code of of being Mandalorian and and he's so committed to that part of himself, so it's kind of like the duality between like the two selves, I guess, you know. But like yeah, so so cool. 
So good. And then the last director was Taika Watiti. And so he he's just hilarious. And I loved that he got on there and he was like, Yeah, all these other directors are really arrogant. Like this really the, the sets are really cheap, you know, all this stuff. And then he just like breaks down laughing. Like he it's it just like they're all just so opposite from each other like their personalities are so different and i think that's what's just so cool about you know going forward and yeah just seeing him behind the scenes and cracking jokes and and everything it was it was so so funny yeah and i mean his did he do one episode or more than one no i think he did two no i think he just did or did one. he just do the last one? the last one yeah i think he just did episode 8 yeah, because that that episode too talk about it like such an undertaking, and also one that was that was really emotionally complex as well as being this like incredible action experience, you know? Yeah, it was, and today was a lot. So we get we get this like ten minutes with Filoni. First, we get Clone Wars that like Filoni mm-hmm. is creating, and then we get this documentary with more Dave Filoni and in between too, there was a good morning America interview that a lot of people thought like it came out last night. I don't know if you heard about this or not. Cause I stayed off Twitter. I, still, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. So, so I stayed off Twitter last night because good. there was, there was some spoilers going around, but I know I saw I this know. morning, people were speculating that there was going to be like this major announcement on good morning America because Dave Filoni was going on there. And last night, it was wow. the, tra- the trailer dude on Twitter who like cuts all the Star Wars trailers who tweeted it. He like broke it that Dave Filoni was going to be on Good Morning America. So everyone's like, whoa, there must be a trailer for something like what's going to happen. And then so we get more Dave Filoni on Good Morning America. No announcement or anything like that. But then we get. Yeah. Then we roll right into the Mandalorian documentary with more Dave Filoni. And then we get all this Taika Waititi. And then like a couple hours later, I think it was like around 11 or 12 today, we get the announcement that he is going to direct a live action theatrical release and co-write the screenplay with Christy Wilson Carnes. And mm. so that news drops like right after we see Taika in this doc. So it's just like one thing after another today. And that got people just super hyped up just to hear that he was, you know, especially after watching that and seeing that, but yeah, we get this. There were, rumors, there were rumors of that a couple of months ago, right? I don't spend, I don't really pay attention to, to the rumors, not yeah. on Twitter, you know, and I am emphatically not on Twitter, but like, I always see like when the Hollywood reporter or whatever, like puts out those articles. And I feel like that was one of them a while back, but it just was never confirmed. So now it is actually confirmed. Yeah. Super it was it was a rumor a couple months ago and then he quote tweeted something and said that's not true like he like dispelled it like right away and so people are like oh that sucks you know and then so today after it came out he quote tweeted the star wars tweet from their account and said psych and so that's just like how funny he is but yeah so he's so we have another movie in the works and he's co-writing it with Christy Wilson Carnes yeah. and she wrote and I haven't seen it, but like the reviews and everything and it was Academy Award nominated and everything. Uh, but she wrote 1917. Yes. Which came came out earlier this year, late in 2019. And right. I haven't seen it, like I said, but I, I didn't I heard 
I heard only good things. And she, um, she was at the rise of Skywalker premiere and did an interview on the red carpet. And I thought her answer was just so perfect. She, they asked her what her favorite star Wars movie was. And she Mm. said, there are no star Wars movies. There is only star Wars. And I was like, Oh, that's like so refreshing. It's just so good because you're used to, it used to feel like, and not anyone specifically, but if you ask someone what their favorite star Wars movie, it's, Oh, empire strikes back or a new hope or, you know, this or that. And like the prequels are always overlooked and, you know, but they're like, it's all the same thing. So just the fact that she said that was just, uh, it was so refreshing. I, I couldn't have loved that's, that more. Yeah. That's an exciting viewpoint to have for sure. Yeah. And I haven't seen 1917. I'm not a huge war movie fan. That's like a personal thing. Cause I have a whole thing with violence. I'm sure I've talked about it. anyway. Um, but I they think the thing that was the most interesting to me about that movie was that it was filmed to look like it was all in one take. If I'm not, yeah. uh, if I'm not, Uh, which is very interesting. Yeah, there was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, actually, that I watched on that. I haven't seen the movie, but just, like, little clips that they were using to promote the movie. And, yeah, it just it seemed really cool. So, yeah, uh, and I'm I'm not... Outside of Star Wars, with with Taika, it's... I know Thor Ragnarok, because... And I haven't seen, like, too much of his other stuff, but I know that that, like that pushed the boundaries even of Marvel and like he got super weird with it in that movie. So like just imagining where he could go with this is exciting. For sure. And I'm, I'm not also a huge Marvel fan. I'm like just taking hits. I <laughs> I swear I'm cool, but I don't I'm not a huge Marvel fan, but I do like uh, I do like a selection of the movies here and there. And that was one I, I really enjoyed Thor Ragnarok a lot. Super fun, really different, really unique. I liked I think that was what I liked about it was that it was so kind of offbeat from the usual superhero thing. And, and uh, yeah, so that's, I think that's really exciting. I think I just want to know what it's about just so I can like daydream about what he could do with it, because I'm sure whatever like era or whatever it takes place in, he'll really be able to run with it and make it like his own unique thing. So that's, yeah, super intriguing good may 4th news for sure yes and then and we'll 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 talk a little bit about that here in a second too but then in the second tweet of this like little twitter storm that they that star wars put out they said that emmy award winner leslie headland was also tapped to write produce and serve as a showrunner for a new untitled star wars series in development and this will be um yeah series for disney plus and that was another thing that just like set everybody off. It was just so exciting to get news that we have another star Wars TV show coming. So this will be four live action TV shows. And this one's being, she's pretty much taking John Favreau's role in this being like the writer, producer, showrunner. Right. And so to have a woman in charge of an entire series is just so it's really, it's really nice to have that. And like, they've talked about doing all these new things, but now it's like, it's here, like it's happening, like about time. Like, let's, let's, you know, see what it's all about. Yeah, I'm ready. Whatever it is. I mean, yeah, the, the idea of another series and we just have absolutely no idea what it's going to be. Very intriguing. For sure. So, so we have four, this will make four TV shows, the Mandalorian, Obi-Wan series, Cassian series, and then this series. 
four live action Star Wars television shows. And then we have another movie for sure. And then we know that the movie releases look something like 2022, 2025, and 2028 or something. Or no, I think it's every two years, but who knows? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, who knows if that's... It's It's been a while since they like put that out into the world. So things could change. Yeah. But we have all of this stuff. And especially with the, the film side, like Taika Waititi, just imagine if they gave him the force and said like, do something weird with the force. Like go go crazy we need a fresh perspective whether it's way in the future or it's way in the past or whatever but i'm just trying to think of yeah how he how weird it, star wars could really get with him in, in charge i mean my my first thought whenever like something new is speculated on is like i always want it to be like underworldy crime stuff mm-hmm. just because that's like i love that and that's super fun so that was like when i first heard that he would be doing a movie. I was like, Oh, it would be fun if it was like, you know, organized crime type thing or something. Yeah. But I don't even know. Like, I kind of hope it's something totally disconnected from everything we've had before. But I hope it's like something where they really just like, my hope is that they just tell him like him and the the co-writer also from 1917, the co-writer. I hope they just like give them the keys and are like, okay, go have fun. Like, you know, bring it back by this date, you know, just like give them total freedom to just like mess around and have fun. Cause I think that would be how they would yield the best results. Just like let them run with it, you know? Yeah. There's just, there's so many possibilities and yeah, it's when is this happening? You know, is it happening soon? Is it, you know, hopefully it, it would, because we don't have any announced movies on the slate. Like we know the Cassian series is coming. We know Kenobi's coming, but we don't know anything about these other two that are definitely taking place. We still like, I'm still holding out hope for the Ryan Johnson trilogy too. Um, and he, he tweeted today and the official account tweeted back to him and retweeted him everything. So I'm hoping that's good news. So I got, I got very excited about that. Cause yeah, I, I really want that to be a thing too. And yeah, it's, there's, it's just a lot. There's a lot, a lot going on today. And yeah, those announcements just like were the cherry on top. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. And I think that also as far as like a time of when uh, these things could possibly happen, I think I've kind of heard like stuff saying that like, because of the current state of the world, et cetera, that like they might not really be able to start filming stuff until maybe even next year. I mean, I'm sure it depends on, the production and the location and the studio and the blah, blah, blah. But yeah, so it might be a while, but like, that's just more fun. I was talking to my friend John about it the other day that like, we're just ready to get on the hype train again. Yeah. So, the hype is- you know, like, We did it for episode nine and for Bando season one. And it was like, you know, the hype is, you can argue that maybe the hype is unhealthy and I'm sure there's parts of it that are and good and bad to everything. But I'm just ready to start watching like Jar Jar Binks's Darth Snoke videos again. You know, like <laughs> I want to get back on the train. I'm ready. Like, the, the hype is like half the fun, you know. I mean, just the lead up because you get the lead up for a couple years in some cases, right? And and you get like all these questions, you get all these things in your head for like two years, and then it comes out and like it's over in two hours. 
you know so like you really especially when you get to the end of that like hype train where it's it's so fun and then but then in those last couple weeks you're like just get here i just want to see the movie i just want to see the movie but then after you see the movie you're like how you know depending on what it is but you're like oh man but that was so fun to speculate like that's it's you know listening to everyone's theories and what's going to happen it's just it's just a blast. So yeah, it's, I do. Love that. I mean, I think that like, I think that there's definitely an element of like, you know, you need to protect yourself, <laughs> you know, yeah, emotionally and all that stuff, you know, but um, right. yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for just like that fun stuff. Yeah. So we'll get, we'll get a, normally like the titles, like one of the last things. So it'll start with actors, like who's going to be in the movie. And then it'll start with like a loose description. And then like after that, it's just like rolling and rolling and rolling. So once we get like who else is involved or who they're having be actors in this, then it's going to, then it's going to get crazy. But yeah, we're going to have, we're going to have a lot. We, we have all these TV shows. We're going to have a couple more movies and it's going to come quick. Luckily they already got the Mandalorian all filmed and everything. So that shouldn't get pushed back. Uh, who knows what'll happen with you know Cassian and and Obi Wan because those haven't started shooting. But either way, yeah, right. it's 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 crazy. And yeah, Disney Plus is just all all over it. And uh, now you can get the whole saga on Disney Plus. So all there. Yeah, and they put out the special artwork all over Disney Plus today for each of the movies that was like Ralph McQuarrie and Doug Chang, and I know Phil Shostak had a hand in that and like kind of curating what was going to go into that. And so that was just a nice touch logging on, you know, getting on there today and seeing all the different pieces of art was, was just a lot of fun, but which, uh, which film on Disney plus would you watch first, especially if we haven't already watched like a lot of the films recently? Uh, the one that I, that I want to watch like right now sitting here I don't know. I feel like, you know, I could always do a Rogue One. <laughs> we watched it like really recently with our group, but, yep. uh, but honestly, I, uh, it's hard for me because Revenge of the Sith is so hard for me to watch just because it's so sad. But now with Clone Wars, obviously that's what I'm thinking about is like, I want to watch it again, you know, and just like, and I know I think people are starting to kind of like try to watch Revenge of the Sith with the Clone Wars episodes kind of mixed in. And I do think that could be really fun. Um, hopefully they'll do something with that eventually where it's like, uh, cause I feel like it would be so seamless in such a cool way that, um, yeah. So I have been thinking a lot about revenge of the Sith and I kind of want to just, I kind of want to do all nine, but then I also like, uh, have been tempted lately to do a really deep dive on Lando in a zine and just do a Lando zine. So part of me wants to watch solo. So, you know, I mean, that's not on Disney plus yet, but it will be eventually, but yeah. So I don't know. What about you? Are you, are you trying to watch anything or thinking about anything? As far as movies go, it's been, it's always my default, but the last Jedi is just, it's always my like go-to like feel good. Like I know I'm going to love it every single time I watch it. I watched it couple months ago or about a month ago probably and i was kind of nervous after the rise of skywalker but then i watched it and like nothing changed my opinion on it whatsoever i even liked it a little bit more because there are certain parts that really do work together and Mm. seeing them like back to back was kind of refreshing because once you get caught up in 
seeing everyone else's thoughts and hearing what everyone else thinks about all these movies. It's just nice to sit down and just like clear your mind and just like watch it. And like, this is what I like. It's like, Oh, all these things that I'm seeing and like some things, yeah, I agree with some things I don't, but just like having it in my head where I'm like, Oh, that's really cool how that like fits together. So yeah, yeah. I'll probably do a last Jedi watch here shortly. Cause yeah, it's just, it's just really, really good. <laughs> it is. I love the last Jedi. Really <laughs> um, I agree. But yeah, so they, did you have, as far as like the concept art, do you, do you have a favorite piece of any of the concept arts that were put up there or just anything? I think uh, the return of the Jedi one, I think is the, is the, uh, the bikes in the, in Andor in the forest. That was the picture on the top. And uh, that was really beautiful. I'm, I'm really partial to towards Doug Chang. I think his work is so incredible, like structurally. I just love looking at it. Like every time he posts on Instagram, so exciting. And like, it was nice also to have the concept art on Disney plus. Cause like, you know, obviously you can see it online all the time and like browse through it and stuff, but I, I can't like afford to buy those art books right now. And like, I hope that I can someday, like that's a, that's a dream for me to have all the art books and all the visual dictionaries. That's like one of my goals. So, um, so just to be able to see it is like so fun. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have two art, the art of books and I got them because Phil Shostak put it on Twitter and said that there was a big sale going on on Amazon. So I basically got them two for the price of one. So that's really why I have those. No, I love just looking through those and those, those are books you can just pull out at any time, but it's nice to see those. Yeah. On Disney plus for everybody to see because there's just, it's so cool, especially the ones that really line up like with a shot and just seeing that it originated there. And then like, yeah, that was- and that's such a cool thing that Mandalorian has been doing on the official yeah. Mandalorian Instagram when they take the concept art and then it like melts into the actual scene. That was a really cool touch. I was loving all of that. Yes, definitely huge shout out to all the artists that work on that. Cause they really, they really like, they bring the director's vision to life before it's, really brought to life like on screen so it's so good the one that stood out because i was kind of looking through them today the revenge of the sith one and probably because it's so fresh on our mind with the clone wars and everything but it was on mustafar and it like had padme's ship and the lava and everything behind it and then you can see anakin it's just breathtaking just so good that's yeah. awesome that's very good i feel like the prequel concept art is some of the best stuff it is um no, I mean obviously Ralph Macquarie. Hello, yeah. none of us would be sitting here without Ralph Macquarie. But like, but the pre the stuff they did for the prequels was like really cool. Yeah, no, it was good. And then with everything going on today, so I don't know if you saw it, but Shop Disney like totally crapped out. Like it, it got just who knows what was going on with shop Disney, but no one could get through. Like I tried getting on there this morning, and I I wasn't really necessarily going to buy anything, but. I got on there just to kind of browse and whatever. And it pulls up a screen. Like I couldn't even get on the website. I had to be in like a waiting room just to get onto the website. And it was like a little millennium Falcon, like flying and everything. I'm like, just to, on, just to look like, and, and then I get on Twitter after I'd watched everything and everyone's like, what is going on with shop Disney? Like no yeah. one could get through, like people got stuff in their baskets and it was taking like three hours to check out. Did you try, try looking at any merch today? I did not, but my friends in my uh, group chat, they definitely were. And I saw that they were struggling. Um, But the only thing that I would have been interested in is probably the mugs that they had. 
because uh, we, my mom has a couple of the mugs for like different states in America. So like, it's just really cool that that was a very, very good idea. But like the way I feel about like merch and stuff is like, it's very rare that I'm going to put a ton of effort into getting something. I mean, well, right now it's like hard in general, but also like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big collector. I think that's why I'm so fascinated by other collectors and like try to put them in my zine and bother them all the time is because I think it's so cool, but it's not something that I really do. I feel the same way about cosplay. Like I think it's so cool, but it's not something that I probably will ever do. But um, yeah, so I wasn't really trying for anything. I did think those mugs were amazing. I did hear about the issues. I felt really bad. Yeah. Um, the the mugs were really cool. They we went. I went to Disneyland and last December. And when you go to Star Tours and you walk out of Star Tours, it's it has like the cities or the planets. You know, it has like pictures of them. And it's like visit Tatooine or visit uh, you know Coruscant or whatever. And it just like those mugs had that feeling of like Bespin, like here's a mug for Bespin and like, here's a mug for hot. It was just like, those are really cool. And I really need to up my mug game. Cause I basically have like, yeah, I have like one mug, <laughs> one star Wars mug in my like rotation and it's really cool. It color changes. And so when it gets hot, like it fills in the letters of star Wars and it's got like Darth Vader and Yoda and Luke and everybody. And, but that's like my only Star Wars one. So that was one thing where I was like, oh, maybe I'll grab one of those. But again, it was like 20 bucks and everyone was having problems with it. And I was like, ah, I, I probably shouldn't right now. I know. And I feel, I feel bad because I know that that's like super, super frustrating. But yeah, I need more mugs too. Yeah. I'm well, on a mug journey. The, yeah. the practical things that you can use are always like, they're, they're always good to have. I have a couple things. And, and one is my, I have a Death Star USB charger. And so that's like something I can use. Like, actually, I I need that. You know, it's like I don't need a spirit sweater right now. I love a spirit sweater, you know, like that Empire Strikes Back 40th anniversary one. But yeah, I was like, but it's summer right now. Like, I wouldn't wear it probably for a while anyways. So I'll wait and hope it goes on sale maybe next year. I don't know. But yeah, there's there's a lot of good stuff. The other thing that was like the big hot ticket item was the Ahsoka Minnie Mouse ears. And the ears. I mean, look, I'm really like on the super duper fringe of everything Disney. It's like, just not even remotely accessible to me mm-hmm. <laughs> as a person. But like at the last time I was in Disney world, I think I was uh, for my 21st birthday. My mom and I went no 22nd birthday. My mom and I went mm-hmm. so like seven, almost eight years ago. And we just went for like a couple of days and it was fun. But anyway, um, yeah, but I'm very fascinated by everything Disney. So I watch a lot of, uh, there's this YouTube channel called Disney food blog where they just like talk about everything. Disney. I, I watch those like crazy. I'm not going, yeah. I'm not going. Why am I watching it anyway? Um, but yeah, the ears, that's a thing. Like that's a, even outside of star Wars fandom, the ears are really a thing. I, I remember I watched a, one of those videos from that channel where they talked about the ears and how that's like a thing. Like that is a thing. Uh, that's a big deal. So I was sad to hear that. Cause I think they started selling them on eBay and like, yeah, we're doing that. Thing. Yeah. It's a mess. When we, I almost made some, so 
a month cool. almost like two months ago well maybe they would have been cool i don't know i didn't i didn't fall through but uh, a couple months ago so playing at comic-con was supposed to be in kansas city ashley Eckstein was going to be here and right. my daughter wanted to dress up again but she didn't want to do her like plain ahsoka she like she wanted her she really wanted to wear the leku and the face paint mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then she's like well the lake is really heavy on my head. And I was like, Oh, well, I should have made that better the first time. Cause when she wore it to celebration, uh, but I was like, okay, like you don't have to wear the lake. You do you want to put your hair up or anything? And she's like, yeah. And then I saw that they were going to sell those. I was like, Oh, that'd be perfect. But they weren't coming out till today. So I was like, well, maybe I could just like whip some up, like make them somehow or like order them sure. from Etsy or something. And we were going to like do all that. And then it got canceled. And so I just never did it. But that was one thing today. I was like, I'll oh, check it out, you know? And then, yeah, they were, they were all long gone. And yeah, they're on eBay for like, I saw, there was one for like $3,000. It's like, that's what's that's happening. Crazy. Yeah. And you know, yeah. Like when we were at Disneyland, like they were, the ears were everywhere, you know, obviously. And like, we almost got a couple pairs, but there's just so many. And I was like, wow. And like, you see everybody wearing these ears. And like, I remember, I don't like remember all of it, but when I was like really young, we went and I remember like the little hat with the ears. Like that's what I had, like a little plastic hat with the ears. And so, yeah, you've seen like all these different iterations and like the Star Wars ones were so cool. And that Ahsoka one was just awesome. But yeah, was, I'm sure they'll get those uh, back in stock eventually. Maybe. I don't, I don't know how the like ear fandom works, yeah. but yeah. Cause they have that whole limited edition thing. Like that's very big. That's yeah part of the, so yeah true I don't know. yeah the the only other thing that i saw that like i almost pulled the trigger on was a baby yoda hoodie it was like a black and white hoodie and it was like just a thousand baby yodas just everywhere and then like little mandalorian helmets like here and there and yeah that was i didn't do it but i was very close it was it was pretty cool i was gonna say it's made for you yeah for real for real <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I, I passed. I'll uh, I'm gonna keep an eye on it though. Right. <laughs> That's May the fourth. It was a crazy day. Uh, there was a lot that happened. It was a roller coaster of emotions, starting off with just like. <laughs> That's like an understatement. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They really like served. You're right with the Clone Wars. Like they they tossed it up, you know, with with the Bad Batch, and then with Ahsoka's walkabout, and then they just like hit it as hard as they could with this last arc and it was just it was a lot for six six thirty in the morning or seven o'clock or whenever i was up it, it seems like it was three days ago when i watched it because there's just been so much that happened but doesn't it yeah it really does yeah it was a lot it was a great star wars day though it was perfect and there was just like also in general like on instagram and stuff because that's really the only place that i personally am is instagram is just like so many people sharing cool stuff and like so many people talking about like their own personal star Wars experiences. It's, it's been really fun. And like uh, so many people making cool pins and, and shirts and just like cool, just really cool. I got invited to like a zoom call that somebody did. And I was, I was only able to be in it for a minute cause I've just been so flipping busy with everything, but um, it was really cool. Like even just to dip in and like, there was just like 40 people hanging out and talking about Star Wars. It was awesome. It's just like, it's cool that we've been able to like connect with each other during this like madness time and still kind of have our celebration uh, celebration. Speaking of that. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> it's like, 
to have our own little like May 4th like experience and to connect with people uh, has been really cool, especially because we don't know what's going to happen with Celebration. We got like a little sprinkle of news this week, but yeah, it was it was pretty much new no news news, but yeah, it was something and we can still cross our fingers a little bit and I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll be there, but we'll, they'll have social distancing graphics all over the convention center and we'll have to stand away from each other. So. I mean, the thing that I keep telling myself is like, you know, whenever it is, we're going to be there. Yep. Whenever it happens, we'll be there. Hopefully it's August. Seems crazy, but maybe Yep. <laughs> if not, whenever it happens, we'll be there. Yes. Unless it's in like, Unless it's in like New Zealand, then like I might not be there. But like otherwise, we'll be there. Yeah, little did we know they already had a uh, celebration twenty twenty one playing in New Zealand, and they can't move that date. So oh, yeah, that would be so good though. Anyway, <laughs> it would, it would. Oh, but yeah. Uh, anything else on the Star Wars Day front? Not really. I mean, I'm just like super excited to be sending out the zine and super excited to be at 12 issues for this year or for in total and just like super happy and feeling really grateful for friends like you and all of our pals and and just to be able to celebrate star wars is just the best absolutely it was and Congrats on the milestone, by the way, 100 subscribers, over 100 now on your zine. So if you want to tell the people where they can find you, where they can find information about your zines, about your art. Yeah. So Instagram, that's that's where I live. So uh, Sacred Something by Caro with a K. Sacred Something by Caro. You can DM me um, or you can see the link in my bio or look at all the stuff and just check it out. I have like IGTV videos where I show you what everything looks like and yeah, just making zines, making art and having fun. Just going to keep doing it. Definitely. Cause it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and, and you're going to have to change your bio too, to add co-hosts to a podcast now, because this is your third time on the show now. So yeah, you yeah. Might, might as well add that to your resume. <laughs> Anytime we look, if you've got something cool to talk about, Let's get weird. Let's do like, does Shmi have the force episode? Ooh. I want to do that. No, kidding. <laughs> or am I? I don't know. Uh, Travis, tell the people where they can find you on TikTok. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my TikTok. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I have three videos right now. <laughs> I am also not on TikTok and I don't plan on it, but you share your videos widely, thankfully. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm I'm on I I'm on TikTok now at tbryant824. Yes, I've done three videos with my Star Wars Black Series figures, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Family Matters, and Full House, and they took me way too long to create. So it was uh, it was fun though. I'm I'm proud of them. It was uh, should be look. Yeah. It's, everybody's getting into TikTok. I'm probably going to get it eventually just to scroll. I'm trying not to. I don't want to scroll, but I feel like it's so tempting. It is. So I don't think you're doing great stuff. You know, I love stuff with figures. I think that's so funny, especially with because my zines are in a couple of them. Yes. Love that. <laughs> 
Yes. Uh, yes. Thank you. Very, uh, very kind of you. <laughs> but yes, that's where you can find me on TikTok. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Force Time Pod. And until next time, may the fourth be with you. Thank you.